Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. And yes, welcome to Right on Radio. This is a Friday broadcast, and you're not mistaking that is Madison Marquette with me today. What a show we have for you. Let me tell you, good listener, there's going to be a few booms in here. We've got some breaking news. We've got some really exciting stuff. I'm going to give you a clue. Dead Man Switch. We're going to give you some information, but I'm also going to tease our next broadcast that's going to be huge, and you're going to get some clues about that and what's going on, so it's going to be an exciting time Going forward, Jesse is away on ministry today, and she'll be doing a live show with another show later today, so you'll want to catch the reveal report. But in her stead, I have invited Madison to come on, and there's a very special reason why Madison is here. But first of all, Madison, welcome back. You're part of the Right On Radio family. I love it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I laugh now because Denise Bolin had said she reminds like you're Jeff Lang. So now when I hear you talk, that's all I can think about because I looked him up and I'm like, now I can only think about you being Jeff Lang. <laughs> okay. So you got to explain who Jeff Lang is now. So Jeff Lang is like an old dating show dude that like did the dating. I think it's called the dating game. So he's like, you're not like you're old, but this was like, back then so because you want to do the dating game with jesse and i so and I, I like we're gathering up other people that you can like hook up to just we're just okay so i will own that moniker and i'm gonna try to live up to it right now because we have been working on this celebrity survivor dating in the background and i'm gonna give you just a quick little preview let me put on the cheesy radio show and i'm gonna do this and first candidate number one to date madison his name is vlad and he hails from russia in his spare time he wrestles bears he enjoys large parties in the dark and feeds his veins intravenously with vodka introducing bachelor number one Oh my god! I'm gonna already say no. Someone that wants what I don't know. All of that seemed off. (laughs) Okay, so not the right candidate. We actually we didn't accept Vlad onto the show. (laughs) Sorry, Vlad. You just don't sound interesting. No, you sound maybe too interesting and not my. I'm not gonna. I don't like the woods or bears or whatever. It's, and by the way, I, I didn't script that. I just make this crap up. Oh my God. Please, See, pray, you are for me. Please pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> so a, so a there's a couple of reasons why you're here, Madison. Uh, and uh, and I'll get to the, the second ones. We have a great guest and that's really uh, why, why you're here. But I just got to tell the story about the other day talking to you on the phone. Okay, go ahead. So Madison and I are sharing, she's, she's introduced some contacts like Lenka, for instance, was, uh, you know, the introduction came through Madison and boy, the, our audience love Lenka a quarter way through the show. People are putting in the comments, have her back, have her back, have her back, you know, and it, it was just so good. And I've got a new friend in Lenka, but as we are talking on the phone, Madison, tell me what happened. 
So I actually was outside on my patio. It's like, like three or four inches, not very big. You know, it's like a step up my patio. And so I fell and the uh, phone turned off. So I called you back and I was like, I just fell. And you said to me, oh my God, I'd be crying like a baby. So we, so I fell off my patio and like my foot, like, I don't know how to describe it, but like it went in and like my whole body weight fell on top of it. But I got up and walked on it and you and I chatted what? Like how much? Like 15 Another minutes? 15 minutes. And, yeah. and there's no pain in her voice or anything. So what was the final diagnosis? So it hurt. So I like walked on it that night. The next day, it was like swollen so big that I'm like, okay, now it's hurting to walk. So I went to the ER and the ER doctor, okay, this ER doctor was so cute. I got to tell you, he was like nerding out at the fact of where I broke my foot. He's like, let me just show you on the x-ray. He's like, no one's broken their foot. I've never seen this, like the top of like my foot. He was like, I don't know how you broke it there. And so yesterday I went to the orthopedic and he said, I tore both ligaments on both sides and broke the top of my foot. So I'm like a hot mess because the last extraction I did, I hurt my shoulders. I have a torn rotator cuff on my shoulder and a broken foot. So obviously like I need to take- Are they on the same side or opposite sides? Say that again. Are they on the same side of your body? They're opposite sides. So it's my right shoulder and my left foot, which I'm glad it's my left foot because I can still drive. If it was my right, I, there's I, it would be a hot mess. And I can't get in an Uber because they won't let you get in unless you have a muzzle on. So I, I can't do like Uber or Lyft. So thankfully it's my left. <laughs> and 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 also you you were mentioning just before we went on air that you've got a donation and with your crutch, you have a little wheel you could put your ski boot on. Yeah. <laughs> my neighbor is so sweet. She's so cute. She's like, I'm going to find you one that you can put your knee on and like wheel around. So I'm a hot mess. Just saying with my wheel and my crutches and yeah. Oh my goodness. They have a high tolerance of pain. That's how I was able to fall and still talk to you. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know what to say, but thank you for being here. Thank you for being such a champion. Enjoy your rest. This means for the great right on radio listenership, this means she's going to have much greater availability to come on the show. And we know how much you love Madison and, and Madison, you did a big show yesterday as well. Yeah. With Nino, um, with David, I don't call him Nino cause I didn't know him. So his name to me is David, but, um, you know, I got a lot of hate. I'm like on the shirt that I was wearing, it says free AF, you know, as, you know what? I'm like, seriously, this is what y'all are worried about is my shirt. Like there are people killing our babies, buying our babies, selling our babies. And you're worried about my shirt. Go away. Like I don't have time for it. Really. I don't, I just don't have patience for it. Anymore. I don't have patience for the stupidity of it. I really don't. And the, the significance of that shirt, people need to realize how significant <clears throat> that is. That's right. That's right. And by the way, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And, and let's face it, I love David. Uh, actually, I think we've become somewhat friends. We've only talked a couple times, but uh, those words are in his uh, regular vernacular on the show, yeah. for instance. So yeah. you know, you'd think the audience would be somewhat uh, accepting of that. But listen, I'm sure the audience received you well in general. I haven't seen the interview yet. I want to go on to Nino's TV to check it out. He put it behind the paywall because uh, of the type of content. He's very protective of his channel. He's got a huge subscriber uh, base. So that's it. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're going to have to keep talking because she's disappeared. Oh, no. <laughs> she's She's been having some issues. 
I gotta say, oh, wait for her to come back in, but I do really love David um, on the interview. You know, people were giving him some hate, but you know, I actually really appreciated doing the interview because he was questioning it. And so for anyone that was questioning it, I thought it was like a good interview because it's like all the questions that people were thinking, he asked. I, I actually really like him. I mean, people are hating on him. I'm like, I actually like people like him. And he made like a really good point. I don't want to give away too much, but he said, you know, you and I are very similar. He was pimped out for boxing and I was pimped out like, and people got money. I was like, wow, that's like a powerful statement when you think it about is. it. And so. you know what? His heart, uh, in my estimation, and I and I actually watch his show regularly. It's one of the few shows I watch because he's brutally honest. Yeah. Uh, and he's trying to figure this stuff out, and he's passionate. I love people that are passionate. Yeah. And uh, and by the way, speaking of passion, I did a, a show with Baby Trump that's also going to air today, right after this show. So uh, Baby Trump is kind of passionate, and uh, yeah. And and plus, I I was a little bit passionate. We uh we named the uh, the episode "Fighting Commies." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to watch that. I I love David or Baby Trump too. Chris, you know, people are hating on him too. I'm like, you know, you guys are hating on people who Jesus would have hung out with. Like, I, these are my type of people. And obviously, I met Chris at the um, Patriot Arise conference, and you know, he just was in my, after he heard my story, he's like, dude, I'm in your corner 110%. So he's a good dude. You sure. know, what's funny is because, you know, the world, and I'm talking the secular world celebrates vanity and clothes and, and, and being in shape. And yet, you know, here's a guy who dresses extremely well. He's obviously really in good shape and stuff. He's been redeemed out of a terrible lifestyle and it's the Christians that pick on him because of his looks. That Exactly. That's exactly, it's like the legalistic Christian. So I'm like, when people follow me or get hate or whatever, I'm like, I'm not your type of Christian. I don't fit in your Christian little box. I cuss. I always say Jesus knows I cuss. He doesn't like, you know, do I just go around saying F-bombs all the time? No, but sometimes in a situation, like you do use those words. And if you think when I'm rescuing like children, if you don't think I'm cussing at these demons, like in Jesus, like name, they got another thing coming or thinking. Listen, you know what? If if I did to my ankle like what you did to the ankle, shoot probably would not be the first word out of my mouth. <laughs> I, you know, and listen, I really uh, don't swear often. I now I will, particularly if I'm telling a joke, and it's sometimes it's really fitting. You know, a well placed yeah. uh, uh, word can be very powerful to a punchline or something like that. And not that yeah. I'm a comic, but you know, there's a couple jokes that just kind of demand that language. And, uh, and, and the that. thing is that's different about this show is look, we're, we're born again, Christians. I, I'm not a pretend born again, Christian, neither is Madison. And we're allowed to have fun. Yeah. Like we are. And honestly, I, I try not to swear. I, in fact, I rarely, rarely would swear. I, you know, there's many things I don't do in life, but there are a couple yeah. things I do do, you know, right. But, right. uh, you know, listen, if, if you're, when you're perfect, you can throw the first stone. That's exactly it. When you're perfect, it can, and you know, it's funny on the shirt. So I had talked to this woman yesterday and, um, I had posted on Facebook, the shirt and I, she actually, um, is a survivor of human trafficking. 
she's been married for many years and she was like, I want to tell my story, but I haven't told my husband. She just told her husband that she was trafficked. She just told her family and she went and bought that shirt, the free AF shirt. And she said she started crying when she bought it. Cause I'm like, that's what people don't understand. The significance for certain people is like a very powerful significance. You don't like the F word, but for someone like that, that just came out, you know? Yeah. And, no. and by the way, audience, I uh, don't want to be graphic, but think what was happening. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's like a perfect example. I know. Um. She said she's. Is she? Did she get in? She was. She popped out. in. She okay. popped out. But listen. Why don't I start with something right off the top? We'll give a little bit of intel. Okay. So, the today is July sixteenth of twenty one. So. There's something, if you look back at, you know, this day in history, what was the day that JFK Jr.'s plane crashed? It was July 16th of 1999. Now, this is what's interesting, and particularly leading up to some of the information that is going to be coming out over like the next several programs, because we can't do it all in one program, but literally the next several programs, including this one, I promise you, I'm going to give you something good. Uh, and, and by the way, the interview with Cammy uh, is going to be fantastic. Wait till you meet this firecracker, <laughs> you know, but so July 16th, then you look back at there, there used to be there, there was this board. We haven't heard from them in a while, but they kind of posted some stuff and seemed to have some intelligence and, you know, related to 17, things like that. So uh, if you look at the date, July 16th, 1999, that's actually, you know, there's, there's a post uh, 1082 and it says POTUS and JFK Jr. Relationship, plane crash, 1999, HRC Senate 2000, the start, start in quotations, enjoy the show. So is this a significant day of the start? Well, I think it could be. If you just look at what happened yesterday, look at what happened in Arizona. Now, if you caught those Senate hearings, and we're not going to cover it in detail, go to the Telegram channel, the, the Right On Radio Telegram channel. We have so much news there that we can't even get on air because we don't have time. Uh, but look at that, and, and it's bomb, bomb, bomb. And then look at DJT's statement that came out. Bombs, right? And then uh, last Tuesday we were talking, look, they're going to do weather stuff. And all of a sudden now, have you been, you've been to Arizona before, right, Madison? Oh yeah, yeah, multiple is, times. Is it known for flash flooding? No, it's the desert. It's it's the desert. Okay, but so but there's cars going down the street. Well, of course. I mean, of course, we are already know that they do. The um, Claire and I had talked with this guy um, Owen, and he used to work with government, where he knows how to manipulate the weather patterns and all of that. So. It's very easy to do. Oh, I want to get Owen on the show, by the way. Oh, you have to talk to him because I got to get Owen. I've seen, I saw that interview with you and Claire, and uh, yeah. and and now I've actually got some more intel from the source. You might yeah. say, 
on this. So, you know, it's a, okay. The, so the Senate hearings, but look over here, your, your house is washing away. <laughs> right. Cause they're trying to distract. Like that's, what's so crazy. They're trying to distract. You know, when I was talking with David yesterday, we we're talking about this cause he's like, where's the exposure? I'm like, you all, the exposure is happening now with what's going on in Arizona, right? Of course, they're going to take away from the election fraud and let's like screw with your house and your livelihood because then you're not thinking about, oh my gosh, they just stole my freedom or my whatever, my country right from underneath me. My house is flooding and my car is floating down the street. Like, and, and what's the mainstream covering? Well, the flux, right? I guess at this point, David, you're or David, Jeff, I'm like, can't not talk. It's the pain meds. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I've not taken any pain meds prior to this. It's just the pain. Um, I can tell you, Jeff, you're now like the mainstream media. To me, the lamestream media, I feel like you guys are the new media that's speaking the truth. And like, we need to follow people like you because you're speaking the truth, period. And, and uh, the other people like, you know, the Nino Rodriguez's and Scott McKay's and, and all the different people that are speaking truth. I know there's different ones and people like different people. Find your niche and who you like and follow them. You know? That's right. And, and well, you know what? Speaking of uh, speaking truth, I'll, I'll let this out because we're we're waiting for Cammy to come back. She's restarting um, her computer. I just was. I'm just I'm texting her. No worries. Uh, hey, listen, that's okay. She's worth the wait. Yeah. Um, absolutely worth the wait. Yes. So I'm gonna let it. I was gonna let. I'm gonna let more of this out on Tuesday. Okay. But let me let me just say this. Um, on April first. A person with the initials SB, who's a very powerful person, has a kind of a blog site that they list things off. And when she called out, uh, she's known as the queen of the Illuminati, I guess is kind of the nickname. When she mentioned our radio station and Jesse's name in particular, by name, I guess other people started watching this show. Wow. And since that time, I've had a few people contact me. Uh, one, uh, you know, one is a very public figure. Let me just say that. And and apparently after, uh, after you know, their eyes were on us and because of some of the content we've been talking about, dark to light and things like that and the galactic councils and all these things... Um, it seems that every keyboard stroke that I do and and probably many people around me do have been watched. Wow. And so I actually got a, a phone call. And this phone call, I cannot give the person's name. I will not give the person's name, but I'll tell you, it's a public figure. No one around the world. And he said, Jeff, I know what you're going to reveal. And I'm here to answer any questions. Awesome. And so I had just over an hour and this person answered a lot of questions. And since then, what's really neat is uh, if you noticed our subscribers and that have jacked up in the last uh, couple of weeks. And listen, there's a couple of reasons. I was on David's show and we've had you and Claire on and our, you know, that was the biggest show we had quite honestly. Uh, by far, um, it was the biggest show. And so there's a lot of normal reasons, but right after that phone call, 
if you go into the back of YouTube, for instance, the analytics that shows how much they recommend your show, they would not show our show to any people on their platform. It was only subscribers. And some of our subscribers wouldn't even get notifications. All of a sudden, since that phone call, they're showing our subscribers. I don't, I can't prove that I can put those together, but I'm telling you, I think, I think it just, uh, because they, they felt I, the person felt I had integrity. Well, you know, and that's what, you know, I actually love that you said that because if you think about who's in control right now, they are watching who's being truthful, who has integrity. And the fact that you, especially on these platforms where you're shadow banned or you're like get taken down or like you're in, what is it? YouTube jail right now. I don't even know what to call it. Like you're yeah. like, right for like 30 days or however long it is. I don't know how long it is, but it's like the fact that they have that control to be like, you know what? I, I think that shows that the good guys are in control at this point in time, even over social media and that kind of stuff. I, I believe it. I think it's going to take time, but. Well, and I think, but they're still making examples out of people, but don't forget they're feeding this lawsuit. And just speaking of that, I just want to put this up. Uh, look, everyone on the video channel, we have a secondary video channel. It's not on this platform. We've been beta testing it. It's beautiful if you like video, but do go and subscribe because if we disappear and we have before, we probably will again, uh, go to our right on radio.podbean.com. Uh, it's a free app, download it. And that way we'll be able to notify you. It's audio only on that platform, but they will not censor us. And so we'll always be able to get in contact with you and tell you where to go because you know, we disappear when things are, you know, really heating up. Hey, listen, she's back. So without further ado, the reason why Madison is here is because she has made an introduction to this extremely important person. And I was particularly interested because you've been on the show two times before Madison and both times you mentioned Cami Boker. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is Cami Boker. And Cami heads up a play, uh, an organization called Global Education Philanthropist. And it is truly global. She's the, per she's the organization that they, takes care of the survivors. She's done hundreds and hundreds of rescues herself. She's combat trained, you creeps. So stay away. <laughs> she's part of our family now and she's in with us. So Cammie, welcome to Right On Radio. Hold on. Right on, right on, right on. I got a new toy. Welcome to Right On Radio, Cammie. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. That was exciting. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> Well, we the topics we talk about are pretty dark, so I like that we're starting on a light note. Yeah. Well, you know what? To be honest, we take most even dark subjects and try to make them light because somehow in the end, God will get the glory out of it. Um, you know, I, I don't want pain and suffering on anyone, obviously. Uh, but, you know, look at, look at what, you know, just Madison as an example. And, and how many people are coming out and being healed because of Madison's testimony? Yeah. Well, because of Jesus, not because of me. <laughs> no, but so Jesus used it for good. Yeah. Um, and I and I hate the fact that you went through that. 
And I, I hate the fact that you broke your ankle while I was on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> or your foot, rather. But All right. Yeah. Back to Cammie. Madison, why don't you tell me a little bit about Cammie to give our audience a, a greater understanding, and then we're going to ask her some really tough questions. Sure. I mean, I adore Cammie. He knows it. I mean, I just, I, I, I love you so much. I can't wait to like, hug. like people always say they can't wait to hug me. I hate being touched, but I really cannot wait to like give this woman a hug because she, you know, I've told her we've talked a lot. I mean, I've talked a lot. We've done clubhouses together and a lot of different things. I've done, I've done on her podcast and Cammie is the very, one of the very few organizations that is doing rescues internationally, nationally, and also survivor support. There's not a lot of organizations out there. And I told her when we talked, I when I needed help, I called multiple organizations. They wouldn't help me. They would give some excuse of why they couldn't help me. Chinese organization at a, was one of the only ones that helped me when I needed it. And like, I'll move hell in high water. I don't care what the survivor needs. I mean, this woman will like literally move heaven like she like god will make her move the mountain like he will give her the strength to do it and she will like do it so you know and people are like oh you're just trying to i, I mean it's the truth i mean she is like if anyone wants to know an angel this is her right here That's why i always direct people to her organization to donate because i know that they're doing things and like i support her 110 percent and this is you know I'll let you ask the questions for her, but I just absolutely adore her. And again, people, they want to donate. They should to Cammy. And, and we're going to give the links and, and you're going to want to donate after you hear what she does. So, so Cammy, I'm going to be muting and unmuting your mic. So for the listening audience, there's a audio issue uh, where, where she is. We don't know what the problem is. We tried to solve it, but we are going forward with this interview, hell or high water, even though I think her computer's somewhat underwater. I, her little fishies swimming by it there. <laughs> anyway, so the devil gonna, doesn't want us to hear it. That's right. They're going to put up with a little bit of background noise, but listen, it's it's really worth it. So, Cami, I want to just ask you uh, a little bit about your personal story and how you came to even starting to get into this tough business. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I was a school teacher for almost fifty years and I started my organization with the intent of building schools internationally and giving people that didn't have what I knew my students had give, giving them more and I started in the country of Haiti and I went to the largest orphanage and to the school they went to and that orphanage I didn't know when my first trip there uh, was housing victims of human trafficking and that changed everything about my mission um, yes education is my passion um, I was working on my administrative credentials to become a school principal at the time. And my, my love was building and new schools and giving STEM labs and computer labs and things like that. But when I really realized what these kids had been through, my brain couldn't gather or understand it. So I started to dive into these kids' stories and I started to follow a couple of their stories to the Caribbean. Where did they, um, where'd they get moved to? Who was doing this to them? What was their life like? How could I help it from happening again? Um, and I got really involved in Haiti and the Dominican Republic for a couple of years with um, social workers on the ground, schools and counselors and healing centers and law enforcement and judges and just really spending a lot of time there trying to understand what in the world human trafficking was because that was the first I'd ever heard of it. 
And this was about five years ago. Well, now then I came home, you know, after working there a couple of years. And, I would and actually, Cammie, let me, let me just stop you there. Let me just stop you there for a second. Yeah. Because in your investigation in Haiti, what did you find? You know, culturally, everything is different. You know, every country is so different. Um, what I found is diff cultural norms um, and the most heart-wrenching stories. You know, the youngest uh, and the youngest victim I saw that made me say I'm quitting my job as a teacher and this is what I'm doing now for the rest of my life was two. And we bring teams of volunteers to come to these villages and give them um, education so they can be empowered for themselves. But when this two-year-old came to our middle of our medical clinics, it changed everything. Um, and what I witnessed was just a culture of beautiful, wonderful, amazing, loving people. The Haitian people, my whole heart lives in Haiti. I just, oh my gosh. And people I love the most live there. Um, but they just don't have the resources. And so I found that people are, um, when you're not fed well, you don't think well. They don't have the necessities of life. And so if we found the government keeps them in a place of complete and utter destruction. So they can't really cognitively even may ever get ahead. And of course, our, our listeners are familiar, you know, of, of who has robbed that country. Um, well, the, the one was a president and I think her husband, her, uh, you know, his, his wife ran for president. You know, they, they robbed the gold every time there's a, a natural disaster there and all these people disappear. It's a, uh, it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing. What has happened to the people yeah, of Haiti I've seen and some pretty dark things there. Yeah. And you know, I mean, part of it, from it, organ harvesting to uh, gang rape to, um, but again, these, this was happening to people that I loved and people that I knew that those were their loved ones. Um, even these women that would, you know, in the orphanages, sometimes they drop their kids at an orphanage and it's not because they want to get rid of their kid. It's because if they drop them there, they're not going to die that day of starvation. And it's out of desperation. And stories like this that I found out, oh my gosh, they need access so, so that they can truly provide for themselves. And that's where a heart of our organization still lies in some of the most tragic stories that I found in Haiti. Um, because the absolute desperation where I've seen people sell their kids to traffickers intentionally being promised uh, schooling for their kids. Again, I've seen organ harvesting. I've seen so much tragedy. Um, but, uh, but Haiti is very special where it has so much yin and so much yang. Just as dark as it is, it's so beautiful. And the love there is oh, oh, so wonderful too. So well, when, they talk when about people, um... God. They talk about Jesus all the time. The people there, even though... They virtually had everything in our eyes stripped from them. They're probably the most loving culture. And I go all around the world. I would say the Haitian community is so sweet. I love them. Go ahead, Jeff. No, you go ahead, Madison. You go there a lot, right? Or you've traveled, because tell us, because you've traveled to a bunch of different countries. Because I think you just were in Costa Rica, right? Was that your last one that you were at, Costa Rica? Yeah. So most recently, we were in Costa Rica and Belize. Um, we're working all over. We work in um, the Dominican Republic, Haiti, Costa Rica, Belize, Cambodia. Uh, we're getting to, working over in Ireland. We work in the States. Um, and now we're expanding into India, um, Sweden. So it's, it's just kind of 
it really is a global piece. We have operators that are dark. Our um, operational team is a business partner, but they don't have a website. They are they run dark. They're not looking for acclimates. They're not looking for hey, look how cool we are. They just want to help, and they're highly trained special forces. And the um, directory of their uh, skill set is extremely deep, and they work around the world. Wow. Wow. It's a heavy topic for sure, you know, just because even like in the States, you know, you're going to different countries where it's like you think these are third world countries. Did you get kicked out again? <laughs> yeah. Go <laughs> give her a minute before. Yeah. But like, you'll continue your thought. Yeah, like the third world countries, you know, and I'll let her answer this too, because it's like people don't realize it happens here in the States. And she did a big, um, she can talk more about it, but they went to the Super Bowl and did a big sting operation. Um, I believe it was at the Super Bowl. And it's like she oh, has. That was, that was Cammy's organization? She, yeah, Cammy, I was just talking about how the trafficking happens in different countries. And then in the States, I was talking about your organization. I think there's multiple organizations, right? That did the Super Bowl sting? Yeah. That was the most difficult, actually. I mean, well, one of the most difficult operations. I took part in a testing operation in Tampa, Florida. And for that week, with some other organizations, there's Human Trafficking Task Force with multiple nonprofits. And I'm so grateful that I was able to take part in that. But for that weekend, there was 30,000 online ads soliciting sex with minors. 30,000 for that week. And this is in Florida, around the last Super Bowl. And going there and even having a small part with, you know, helping people get out uh, was just a blessing. I was so grateful. I mean, we were getting five to six girls out of day, just my team. And there were other teams. Um, and they did that for 10 solid days um but the most tragic part to me was on my american soil seeing men lined up in these illicit businesses that are being set up for sex parties for you know there's hundreds of them in the tampa bay area um, but we went out and all 24 hours a day really we were out there and you could see men lined up around the block and it was like they, you know regular people they looked like regular men you know that you'd invite over for a barbecue and so that was really hard for me to see in such a, I mean, I'm telling you, you go down the next block and there'd be men lined around the corner. You go down the next block, there's men down the line, like lined around the corner like Black Friday. Um, and it was just so overwhelming be, between the online ads and the, you know, the men flying in, showing up for it. I've always read about it and seen it or helped in little pieces, but this was so massive to me um, and right in my face. And to see a lot of the massage parlors that are just literally just, you know, trafficking rings and it's hard. So oof, that was hard to date. So, but to see it in your own country, at question such a level, that. It, it messes you up. I have a couple of follow-up questions just on this alone. And, you know, obviously you guys were able to tap into whatever was attracting the men into this uh, because you, that's how you somehow I'm assuming, and I don't have any knowledge of it, but, that's how you got them. But how how do these rings, uh, without giving specific sites or anything, I don't want to give anyone any temptation that's in our audience by any means, but how do they communicate and actually get the word out? Because to have this many men lined up to go to these things, like it's it's a massive 
advertising has got to be right in people's faces. Yeah, everything starts online, right? So leading up to it, we thought there was 500 ads. Then we thought there was 1,000 ads. And by the time we got touched down in Tampa and got debriefed, they're like, hold on, there's 30,000 ads. As people are here, and it's like, what? It all starts online, on dating apps, on um, community garage sale pages. It is everywhere. There's certain words you use. Um, and people um, at, at the Super Bowl or large sporting events usually um championship games they want an experience they can't get otherwise so and even uh girls flew in um because they knew they could get more work and it was uh, it was pretty insane <clears throat> and just for when she after this i just want people to realize because we were on a, a clubhouse in different things and i was hearing her talk this is a lot for someone to go through and like Cammy's badass, but it, I think draining seeing it, I think because she loves America as well and seeing it in our country to the extent in Florida where it's a conservative state and everything, it, it was emotionally draining. And I hopefully it's okay to say for you, Cammy, because I like, you know, this, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen her cry up until this, point where it was emotional for her because it's like imagine all these kids in America that she's going and rescuing and like she said 30,000 ads and like for people like us that are on the fight it's you rescue them but then you think about like there's 30,000 of these ads you, you can't get to every them so there's a lot of emotions that go through it so I just I, she's downplaying it but I mean she did a lot of work during that rescue op operation. She does a lot anyway, but I'm just saying, and hopefully that's okay to say, Kiami, about the emotional stent of it. Cause you know, we're, we're human too. And we love these babies. So. Yeah. And, and she's right. I, I guess another question that would, would I have. Yeah. <laughs> the other she's question crazy. I would have Cammy is, with the uh, with the women, you said some fly in, so clearly there's some volunteers who just you know think they can make some money in that. But I, I'm guessing that would be a small percentage. It would probably the greater percentage would be probably trafficked people, and I'm not only going to say women because I'm assuming there's some young ones there as well. Um, would out of what you found, would they all be documented, or would some be undocumented? Yeah, <clears throat> I have a personal weird goggles that I look at life through. Um, I have yet to see, yeah, maybe people start um, in prostitution or pornography because they want to or they think it's a way to make money, doesn't matter what country. But I have yet to see somebody really want to do the things that they have to do. They don't want to do it. I mean, I haven't seen that. Maybe they start that way because they're they're like, how else am I going to make money? But really, if you think about what they have to go through in a day, they're asking and begging for us to help them out. Um, and your question, are some of them undocumented? Yes. Um, you know, you have familial trafficking. You have pimps that are running them and no one knows behind. And they don't get to keep the money in. Um, then you have the males that get out that have so much shame. And I don't care if you think someone's doing it because they want to. Regardless, I still believe they're being sexually assaulted. 
I still believe you shouldn't have, you should never pay for sex. I get that some people have the perspective of it's two consenting adults, but personally, I just disagree with it. And so even those that might look like in that operation that they flew in because they wanted to, it might appear that way. You don't know who's flying them in. Somebody else I have found almost every time is behind the curtain pulling the strings. Yeah. So there's very few that actually volunteer for this is what you're saying. So, and, and you had mentioned, so were, these were like sex parties. There were brothels, you said massage parlors. What other types of places did they use for these? Um, they do, they do full nude strip clubs down there. Um, so obviously strip clubs, um, and college campuses, um, again, like you said, massage parlors, um, sex toy stores were one, um, that's a big one. And they're just set up as what looks like a regular business, but the, the illicit activity that's happening. So really I have such a heart for survivors that <clears throat> when I'm in any of those scenarios, whether it appears that they want to be there. I just want them. I just look at them as that somebody's daughter. Yeah. That somebody's daughter, somebody's mom. And they need, they need to get out if they want to. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I can, like with her, I can say it's so true that most likely prostitutes and porn stars, it's like, it's not normal for women to get paid for sex. It's not normal for men either. So I completely agree with her. Because, you know, we've gotten a lot of hate where people are like, oh, I'm choosing to do prostitution or I'm doing videos with my husband of porn. It's like, no, you're pimping yourself out for whatever reason. And it's not a normal thing to do. It's just not normal at all. And it's like it messes with you mentally completely, you know, and the same thing with prostitutes. It's like there's usually a pimp that's behind it that's posting the ads for them and, and everything else because that's how they all make money. So, yeah, maybe the prostitute gets some money, but there's usually some hidden agenda be like on, on the behind the scenes of it. You know, listen, I, I have such limited exposure to this. Like, honestly, I had no idea about the trafficking until this year. And I started working with Jesse. Like, you know, I, I thought it was a minor thing. I didn't know about the 800,000 kids and I didn't know about, you know, the, the, the satanic stuff that goes on, but, you know, I guess there, there's this impression and, and I was part of it, you know, uh, no, thankfully, I'll, and I'm just going to be brutally honest, judge me if you want. But so, you know, when I was 19 years old in Canada, they have full nude, you know, strip clubs. And it was a big thrill as 19 is the age of majority. You go to the strip club. And I have not been to one since I was 21 years old. And that, by the way, was, you know, a decade before I got saved. So, but, you know, when you're there, it's like the girl paying her way through college is the story that the men hear. But, you know, I quickly thought, and, and by the way, I was kind of a bad guy at the time, but I, I felt sorry for these women. Like, you can't recover from doing that. Not easily. I guess spiritually you can. There's always redemption you know, there, there is a way out, but, you know, doing that for a living, uh, even if you started as a volunteer, that's a hard road for the rest of your life. Like, even if you get on to some normalcy, uh, so let, let's get on to a bit, we could go down the rabbit hole and how bad it is, but I think really what I want to focus on uh, with Cammy 
is the really good work that you're doing, Cammy, because you know, uh, as as Madison has said, you're you're kind of beginning to end. You you carry these people through, and because it's one thing to pull someone out of a situation, but then they need to be loved, they need to be cared for, they need to be in a safe place. Can you tell us when at what happens to someone after they're pulled out of this situation? through Global Education Philanthropist. Oh, I love that question. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> when we get a call that there's someone that needs to get out, usually my organization gets called to work alongside the, the extraction team and our team members are trained. But really our heart is with the victim and the um, operators in law enforcement, the other operators in law enforcement, worry about prosecuting the bad guys and getting them um, where they need to go. My heart is with the victim. And so what happens with Global EP, we go, I personally visit every aftercare center that we vet. I have seen firsthand where we help somebody get out. And I, you know, I did, I did, I hate the word rescue because it's like, that's an eagle thing. It's like, I ride out. <laughs> but we did rescues um, for a couple of years, twice a month in San Diego. It was me and a couple other people. And we just kept running and doing that, getting them far away from um, the situation. So I've got to know a lot of uh, aftercare centers throughout the country. Some are doing work that has results and they're amazing. Um, some are short care, short term care. What, I've, what we found is in the first day or so, they need immediate, just like nothing. I don't want to talk about it. You need literally a Disney movie, some chocolate and a hot bath. You know, are you safe? You're fine. Um, but what we do, we take them out and get them to immediate rehab. They have to get an immediate medical exam. They need, um, many times, change of clothes. The desperation and, um, and the situations that we find them in is pretty dire, like that immediate crisis care. So with Global EP, we provide that immediate crisis care. Food immediately, a medical exam, and then oftentimes they need um, detox. So the detox, Detox centers usually between three and seven days, but sometimes it can be 30. It depends what they're on. Um, and then we get them to a long-term aftercare center that will get them clean, get them on the road to education and get them sometimes finishing their high school diploma, sometimes getting them into a vocational trade. It depends where they're at with their education. But every aftercare center that we personally hand them to, we keep tabs on them and make sure if they need anything, they know they can call us. And sometimes they do go, um, very rarely, but not, not rarely, but sometimes they do go back to their trafficker. And then they come back to the aftercare center to the last place that they found love. And so truly peace and love. And the, um, the trauma bonds that happen between um, a trafficker and a survivor are pretty pretty big. Like that was, that person provided you necessities at one point, right? And so it's a pretty complex thing once someone gets out of the life to, to you can't just go on your merry way. And so Global EP just stays with them um, from the immediate crisis care to she needs a new pair of pants and a bra and a t-shirt and shoes all the way to watching her get a job. And then we employ survivors and some, you know, that they have to have access to safe housing and food or else they'll sell, you know, you just do what you have to do to, to make money to eat. So that's kind of what we do. We stay with the survivor. I have survivors from other organizations that, that have been rescued. Excuse me that call us and said, hey, you helped so-and-so, can you please help me? I really don't want to go back. But how else am I going to, you know, buy, buy diapers for my daughter? 
you know, like there was a 16 year old living in her car in Florida. And that's the very scenario we were, we were sitting at. And so what did we do? We got diapers and formula and got her to a safe housing. <clears throat> it's, it's things like that. They don't really understand goes on, right? She was brave enough to be away from her trafficker, even if it meant living in her car with two babies. So I was so proud of her, so proud of her. But it's that um, after piece that's so complicated as to why we are focusing on a really aggressive prevention campaign. Because if I spent the rest of my life working and prevented one of these scenarios, it would be worth it. Because it is a whole generation that you'd be saving. So that's what we do. So, Madison, you've been involved with Cami for a while now. How how has she helped you in your life? <laughs> so I actually, um, and I can't talk about it because there's court operations right now. So I can't talk about this, but let's just say like the corruption of all of this and especially people that I'm speaking out again, against and before I moved and got myself into like a safe location and that kind of stuff, they do have access to your accounts and stuff like that. And so there was a, a scenario where they froze my accounts, the, the corruption, uh, it's just because I was speaking out on her podcast and they got pissed off because I named Tom Hanks and George Soros. And then that was like where all the threats and everything came from. So, you know, I had reached out to her. I'm like, dude, like my accounts are frozen. Like I can't like, usually I have cash on me. I like had all of it. So they helped me pay some bills. And then it's like, again, I was like in a really bad spot because of them freezing my accounts and everything like that. So the attorneys did, we did take care of it. We've now filed lawsuits against those people that did that. I since switched over all my accounts and everything. But again, the corruption of them coming after me, like I don't talk about that side of it. Like, yes, I talk about the death threats and stuff, but it does become a very serious because they will do everything in their power to stop you from speaking out. And it's probably very similar to even, yes, I'm speaking out against elites and globalists, but this isn't only happen with me. It would happen with like the 16 year old who's being trafficked. If she's speaking out or anything because people are afraid to get found out or arrested. There's a lot of like evil in the background. So she's helped me. And that's where I'm like, I know for a fact that she will move hell and high water, you know, and she didn't have to help me. She didn't know me that well at this point in time. She didn't have to help me. She could have told me no, like these other organizations. And, you know, I would have figured it out, but she's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. I sent her like certain pictures and things of what had happened to me. So, you know, and again, I am filing lawsuits against these particular people. So, and trust me, when we settle, like, I don't want this money. Like people are like, oh, you're doing it to get rich. I don't. Most likely that money is going to go to or organizations like Cammy's to be able to fund the operations of what she's doing and doing what I'm doing over here in the state that I'm in as well. I, I'm glad you said that, Madison, because I was just about to say, you know, I, I, I know on other shows that's been one of the questions that you're doing. You've never asked for money. And, and in fact, I, I want to add to this because, uh, you know, the, the other hosts of other shows have not picked up on this fact, but if it turns out that the stuff you were saying was made up, your name, Madison Marquette, is ruined forever because you're right. going out there and doing this publicly. So, right. like, you got to use some common sense, folks. Like, that's, and for those, like, those reasons, and plus I just... I get a good sense of people. I latched on to Madison's story right away and said, amen. 
you know, and, and by the way, this is why Cammy's on as well. And I don't care if it's the most popular subject or not. Uh, we'll cover this. We'll cover this. And in fact, I'm going to, I want to partner with Cammy as we go forward. So I, and I keep muting Cammy's mic just because of the noise. So <laughs> that's why, but I bring her back on as soon as we ask a question. So, and I'm going to go back to it because uh, this organization, what Cammy's doing it's not one or two kids. You heard about the Super Bowl. And by the way, those things made the mainstream news. It was so big. It was so big what was happening down there. So, Cammy, can you give us a just a sense of the sheer numbers? And I know there's a ton of organizations doing this. You're just a part of it. You, you, you have to work with a lot of others. But can you give us a sense of the numbers? that you're seeing in, let's say, in a year or in a month or oh, probably in a year? Um, I'll tell you what I see in a week. <laughs> wow. There, um, it's about, it was actually every day for a while there. It's kind of about every other day. I will get a call for somebody to get a ride out. So it's at least one, if not two if not five, if not 10, every week of people that need help, of people that need a ride out. Of people that need and rescue. that's just you, um, just you, Cammie. Reputation has just been not about ego. What's up? And that's just you getting the call, not talking about the organizations that you work with. Or those numbers you gave are just the calls that you get. Yeah. But I My goodness. And then I have to call my team and say, hey, this is what's happening here and here. Who's available? Um, and so the numbers are staggering. I know when you look on Homeland Security, they have what's called the Trafficking in Persons Report. And uh, on a global scale, regardless of what country we're in, that's something we refer to. But at the same time, it's just things that were reported. And, you know, like or hate Homeland Security, it is what it is. It's just something the United States provides this report. And... The numbers are still staggering, but those numbers are, I know, small because that's what's reported. And that's <clears throat> half the stuff we see is never actually reported properly. So, but if people are interested and they're listening, like, where do I dig in and learn for myself to be educated? Go for it. Go look at the 2020 TIP report, Trafficking in Persons report. And it will, it will give you an overview of trafficking throughout the world and both countries that you might be interested in looking at and what kind of trafficking happens in the state what the current tactics of traffickers are. What we're seeing now, though, is of the live stream and on-demand abuse where people are being trafficked from their homes through Snapchat, through video games, through dating apps. Um, and so, so the digital piece is a whole, whole new monster, and it's growing exponentially. And, and there, there cannot be enough law officers to check the IPs and stuff to get under this. Like it, it, the, the numbers are so staggering. Like it just when you, when she mentioned the story about in Florida with the uh, Super Bowl, thirty thousand ads. How many police officers or or special teams can follow up? Like thinking this. Well, how many are involved, Jeff? That's What's that? How many are involved of those officers? You know what I mean? Some are involved in it as well. I'm sure Cammie's and seen judges. that as well. I've seen it on my end by being bought and for what I'm doing now. It's like some of a lot of them are involved, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and there's a there's a strong percentage of them that uh, that go to the lodge as well. Let's face yeah. it, they're synonymous with that. But I guess I guess so. You had mentioned Cami the tip line, the TP traffic trafficking persons line, or report trafficking persons report. So if someone just puts that into a browser, it'll come up. And you can pull yes. up Canada, okay. you can pull up United States. I mean, it's a really heavy document, but it, um, it, it's just a starting place to, to start looking at the numbers. Um, and I've been in other countries and they refer to that tip report. Uh, they say, look at the, at the tip report. And it's, it's actually created by the U.S. Homeland Security and um, the Blue Campaign, which is the fight against trafficking. But I will say back on um, the police officer thing, you know, there are good and bad in all of our careers. Uh, yeah. But about the technology piece, um, the the net trafficking networks have way more sophisticated technology than law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. So just know that they are really sophisticated. Some of these guys, and they could be in a offshore con- you know country, and their technology can penetrate the ed- educational um, websites in a university in your kid's classroom, um, and it- the, the technology that you and I have is less than what law enforcement has, which is less than what you know the federal government has or military. But honestly, a lot of these traffickers have super sophisticated technology, and they move quick and change their tactics quick. So they can't as soon as they like there's the dark web, and as soon as they gather that someone's on them, they switch. So, so it's it's a lot more complex than you might assume. And, and they're making billions of dollars doing this so they can afford it. And look, you know, just some of the rudimentary stuff when we talk about the islands and things like that, just they own submarines, folks. Like, you know, regular law enforcement don't doesn't own submarines. You know, yeah. these people are sophisticated. There's a lot of money. And, and you know what? And the, you listen, there's the war on drugs, and I understand fentanyl is a killer. I understand that. And it, it's a, it's, it's, incredible and we could do a whole show on that and that involves human life yeah but trafficking is the worst crime and then of course there's also harvesting which she alluded to and we've covered it on the show we don't need to go down that road but it's a big big thing in fact there was just a bust i think two days ago in new jersey um i think it was about 31 people 13 rabbis, a bunch of politicians and stuff like that. Uh, they were involved in money laundering, trafficking, and organ harvesting. New Jersey, folks. Yeah, it's everywhere. Well, that's the thing. And she had mentioned it, and I wanted her to kind of touch on it because I know it's something that she talks about a lot is the technology and how they're getting to our kids, even in our homes, on the technology and trafficking because she's... She, an expert on that where she's talked about it. I've heard her talk about it a lot. She, they're actually doing a documentary on it right now on the, how they're getting to just like our kids and our grandkids fight against it. Yeah. To fight against it because they're coming like, even like, you know, I have two children, right? How they can get to my children through these certain apps and that kind of thing. Because it's happening not just like we're talking about, yes, in Florida and New Jersey, like you're talking about, but it's in our home as well. So we need to watch for it in our home. So I don't know if you want to expand on that. 
Yeah, and tell us when this movie's coming out and what it's called. Is there previews? Tell, tell us all about this because prevention is the key. Yes. It really is. Um, and the only way to have long-lasting empowerment is through education, right? Um, the reason I started the idea of even doing a documentary is I noticed, uh, I studied how does how a brain learns at Stanford University. And it dawned on me a couple years back, um, we were working with an organization in Asia that, got, that rescues kids by hundreds out of rice fields, um, where it's just culturally acceptable, not even acceptable, just how it is, where one of the kids in the family has to work at a, as a young age. And it dawned on me, one day this kid's sitting with his family, and the next day that kid is working in the rice field, and then he's just there in these awful conditions the rest of his life, him or her. And I thought, you know what, he didn't know or she didn't know until it was too late. Just like the kids at home didn't know until it's too late. And I thought, you know what, kids are amazing. If you give them information, then they can defend themselves. But right now, our kids, they're not going to listen to you and I. They won't do that thing. I just know. <laughs> they're like when I taught in the classroom. If, you, if, if I tell you five times four is food, the kids will be like, what? But if a peer says it to them, they're like, oh, okay. So I kind of put this together and thought, we need to get that information out in a way that will actually help the kids be armed with relevant information so that they, they can stand up for themselves. So we, um, our documentary, I can't give you the name yet, but it'll be on mainstream media. We've got, it's going to be going out um, in the United States, in, in Ireland, um, in Australia, um, in Asia. But it will be showcasing the current tactics of traffickers digitally. And we will be going throughout the world uh, highlighting, um, and it'll be from the kids perspective so the kids and influencers and celebrities they look up to are going to be delivering the message but it'll mostly be kids saying yes i was trafficked on snapchat i was trafficked on fortnite this is what happened to me so that they can start to look out for one another when they see each other online having conversations or posting photos they shouldn't they can say hey yo and there's this open communication because right now nobody is talking at their at their age so they're just um they're still sitting on this like man like they're like sitting in this field and they've got a target on their back and they're worth a million dollars and they have no idea that they even need to look up to defend themselves but they're they have this target on their back and so the point of the documentary is to give the youth and their kids really a chance to not have this happen to them to not be a buyer of sex and to not um, over sexualize um, conversations that they decide to engage with online and what i'm going to ask everyone listening to this if you wanted to fight human trafficking and you truly truly mean it i want you to go look at your social media if you're trying to use social media to look like a sex symbol you are the problem period yes. why which you expect your eight-year-old daughter your five-year-old daughter your 10-year-old daughter you're in 15 for sure your old daughter not to send a picture of her naked body to somebody when she watches you as a mom i'm talking to the women we need to be better Yes. When she watches you try to be a sex symbol online, you have we have to be better. I am. I, I mean, you can assume after I see thirty thousand ads, but people, you know, going out, you know, after sex online. If you think that your bikini pic is worth being part of the human trafficking, I mean, I know I sound weird and it might seem absurd no. to you, but be better. Quit acting like you want to help and then going and pretending you need to be a sex symbol and get approval from people for sex and to look sexy. Who freaking 
fucking cares? Use the internet to be amazing. I know a kid that got a Harvard Fulbright scholarship. Oh, I love that. Twitter, because he used Twitter to be amazing. He used inspiring messages, and they were like, "We want this kid." Is anybody going to look back at your social media and go, "Wow, her filter is so insane. She must be an awesome person." No one freaking cares but you. And what I get to see is I get to get a call from an attorney general that says there's a 15-year-old in a car getting gang raped by 20 dudes. Can you help? Where does that start? It starts with over-sexualizing conversations on the female end and the male end. We have to be better. I am. I know that I'm furious, but it's been a lot of lot of tragedy that I've seen. If you really, really want to help, it's never too late. I know it's a dark topic, but we can always. I had to clear some some pictures off my own social media. I mean, I want you to just think about how are you interacting online? How are you interacting in this world? Are you using it for light and for good, or are you using it for sex? And whether you don't, I mean, you know, you know, we know what we're actually trying to get, trying to get likes. Go if you want to truly help, clean that crap up. Stop being sleazy. Stop contributing to the low vibe filth that addicts people to pornography because yeah. that's why they're scrolling on Instagram and our sweet kids if you have a kid that's older than six they're exposed to porn we have to stop getting rid of shame because that is what it is and we need to be a safe place so that when our kids are struggling when our husbands and wives are struggling with pornography they can say yeah this is hard I'm addicted because it's just like a shot of heroin and so that people can know that you are someone in your community that is going to stand up for righteousness and truth or whatever you believe in, but regardless of who your God is, we need to be better because there's a lot of lip service and there's not a lot of people actually going on and saying, you know what, you're right. Do I want my kids later on to look at my look up my name and all they see is me obsessed with how I'm dancing on TikTok or OnlyFans or Facebook or Instagram and every man in the world see my mom's naked body? It's gross and weird. Yeah. Think about it. If you want to help fight trafficking, as soon as you're done hearing this, don't take all your bikini pics off and don't post another one. And please, 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 please do not post pictures of your kids with no clothes on, whether it's in a swimsuit or just in a diaper yes. or in the bathtub, because those images get mind and used in a way that you have no idea. These guys' technology is really sophisticated, and there are people that want images of minors, and it will be your child's face, and you will not know it. And that is a disturbing thought that I've seen it because people are posting pictures of their kids innocently. They don't know it. But now that you do know it, I'm just begging you to clean up your act and be there. Wow, that was so powerful. And it is. And one one of the things that I would add to it, because we always say that things, you know, always start in the spiritual and they manifest in the physical. But you know, if, if you think of someone using your photograph or your child's photograph, they're sending out spirit they're putting things into the spirit with your image it, yep. it's or your child's image and you know it's a very dangerous thing that was such a brilliant point that you just made cammy it was really brilliant and and i'll, I'll just go to another step just using common practical sense you know uh i know i'm here on social media broadcasting we're all on social media but you know what? You don't see me posting much. And, you know, I realized something because when I first got on a Twitter, I got kind of addicted to it, to be honest. It was great. Um, but my life is better since I've been kicked off Twitter. <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> just it. better. And, uh, and, and, and Facebook pissed me off and my life's better since I'm not on it all the time. Yeah. And, 
But, you know, Cammy said one thing in particular. Instead, be amazing online. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I don't know if we're trying to be amazing, but we're trying to be informative. We're trying to be helpful to the world here. You know, uh, you can do the same. Well, I, absolutely, Jeff. And when you look at Candy's Facebook, she's posting stats about human trafficking and that kind of stuff. And the first time I heard her say that, I was like, I had pictures from like 20 years ago. I'm like, I got to go clean mine up that I didn't even know, like prior to me being trafficked. I was like, it's such a powerful thing. And then sometimes like you get memories and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that. I need to delete that off of there because she's right. And she made a good point because I actually... A friend of mine, we're just talking about this with her husband, how he gets addicted to looking at different pictures on Instagram of naked women and, and with their, you know, bikini pictures and everything that she just said. It's causing an issue in, in marriages. And I agree. She's talking about her daughters. I have sons. I don't want my sons to think that that's a normal person to date or be around or that this is normal. Like we need to start raising women and grown men to be respectful of our daughters so they aren't just thinking them as a commodity or anything like that i mean what she said was so powerful i mean i got the chills when she was saying i was like Pre i want to be like preach but you know i don't want to interrupt because it is it's powerful and we do we all need to look in the mirror ourselves because we're all guilty of it because we've been on social media for so long we're all guilty of it and so it is powerful and i love the kid that got a scholarship from posting inspiring things on Twitter. That is the type of gentleman that we should be telling our children to be looking up to and not yeah. these other people that are pimping themselves out, like she said, for likes and, and everything else just to show their body. I mean, it, it was so powerful. I hope people listen to that multiple times from her because it was very powerful. Did it freeze? Or did Jeff freeze? Did it phrase? Yeah, we all <laughs> went out there for a second. Um, so listen, I don't know what's going on, but someone didn't want the message to get out. Uh, so let's let's uh, let's get to the next part of this because it's it's really important we get there. Uh, Cammy's doing a huge amount of work here. She's dedicating her life. She's not doing it, and she's doing incredible volumes of numbers you hear when when someone needs clothes and of course if you've been victimized and you're wearing these clothes you want new clothes on right you need to get a new place you need to be put into a place with a shower some people need to go into drug treatment centers and not only because they volunteer to do drugs sometimes they're given drugs like madison even gives the example of being stabbed with drugs and things like that so this isn't cheap people and you know, I'm not going to be, you know, I don't want to sound like a preacher or anything like that. But honestly, when you sow into a cause like this, it, God has to see your heart. Don't worry about it. I didn't even ask if it's a registered charity. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It shouldn't matter to you people. But honestly, God will see your heart. I'm going to ask you and I'm going to donate myself. I, I want to find out how to support this organization and then I'm going to give a gift in kind as well on top of this. So, Cami, how can people support your organization? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, um, just for 
the summer. So we have a we have a fundraising goal of one hundred fifty thousand dollars to support the current um, the current victims that need that and, and survivors that need supplies and need resources to keep our operations going. So if you want to support us, just go to globalep.org. Be a philanthropist. It's like five dollars or a thousand dollars or two cents or just whatever. Um, we need your we need your help. And if you're going to want to commit to really be in this. Us, yes, we are a 501c3 charity organization. We don't take salaries. We are all 100% of your donation will go to victims and really, truly get them access to what they need. And if you, if you know, like, hey, I would like, I'm a retired vet. I'm special forces. Um, I have combat skills and you're still, um, and you are maybe an ex-trafficking operator or something, you know, shoot me an email. Tammy at globalp.org or go onto our website, globalep.org and click on the volunteer um, button and somebody from our team will call and text you and email you and say, hey, great, thank you for signing up. How would you best like to help? Because we need anything from people traveling with us to helping us provide um, resources for survivors for crisis care to um, people, you know, being trained as operators if they're already in that field. Somewhat. I mean, it's that part's a little bit trickier, but there are a lot of people out there that are retired vets and recently retired that have a lot of good skills that can still be utilized with operations. So that's kind of a rare piece, but mostly... If you're like, I want to help, just talk to your kids about pornography, donate $20 a month or whatever you feel you can do, um, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And and so I'm going to actually put the link. But I'm never on there. So if you see me commenting, it's not. (laughs) I'm going to put the link in the description. It'll be the very top link, okay? Uh, And Cammie, I guess a final question for you. Uh, What about survivors? Can survivors email you as well? Yes. So we're always looking for survivors that we can hire for to work for us. Um, we are also working on some survivor retreats. So we, my, my dream, kind of dream, and that, that no one would be trafficked, but those that were could use their experience. And we're going to showcase some of this in the documentary to be mentors for others and uh, really use whatever they've been through, not in vain. Like what they went through wasn't in vain. It was to help someone else, right? So if you are a survivor, um, go ahead and shoot me an email. Um, I would love to sit down with you and, and if going to anything, of course we would, we would help. We just, we really do just have a team that we text and say, we have someone that needs something right now. And that's kind of like what happened with Madison. So what happens, I said, I have a survivor that is in immediate need and this is what we need X, Y, and Z. And one of the, there was somebody on that text with us that, oh my gosh, I feel so called to help with this. And then someone's like, me too, me too, me too. And we just gathered the money and helped. And that's kind of how it happened. Same thing with the 16 year old in the car. Like, so when you don't, it goes to the people that really need it. You know, I used to, when I very first started in Haiti, I'm like, if you give me a hundred dollars for orphan lunches, I'll show you a picture of me making a sandwich with a foreign orphan and immediate. Like it's pretty much like, like that grassroots still. Um, but unfortunately the need is so great. It's overwhelming. So any amount of money that you could help would, would help us a lot. And just if I can say this real quick on that, because people keep asking me about churches and that they've been tithing to churches and whatever, and they want to help. I'm going to start tithing to Cammy's organization. And so I want people, if they want to tithe, find organizations like this. And I'm going to donate today as well because you said you're going to donate. So I'm going to donate too. But I want people like, they're like, oh, where do I donate or how can I help? Here you go. Here's here's one right here to help. Yeah, so. absolutely. And, you know, um, I'd say everyone who's in the in this movement, like we really have to support each other. And, 
you know, if you're in a, if you're in a good church, then, you know, keep going to that good church. We're not anti-church. We're not trying to compete with churches with right. or, these organizations or anything like that. But I'm really glad you made that point because I've actually made that personal decision as well myself, Madison. It's to support other people that are in this thing. Like we're, we're trying to save the world here. You know, it's no small feat. Yeah. So I'm going to put uh, globalep.com. Sorry. Globalep.org. Right? .org. Oh, oh, okay. I'm, so, I'm, so the reason I was going to put it there, because the mic was breaking up a little bit, uh, but I, so globalep.org and Cami, that's C-A-M-M, Y at globalep.org, correct? Excellent. So, um, yes. <laughs> Cami, uh, actually, I can put you on mute again just for a second because I'm going to talk to you, then I'm going to ask you for a response. So, Cami, um, right on radio, and Jesse isn't here, but uh, Jesse and I obviously talk a lot behind the scenes. Um, we've both expressed, and you know, that I'm not since learning about this, I'm not going to go stand in front of my Lord, who is the only one I fear, uh, and say I did nothing. So now that I know about this, I have to do something. I'm going to donate. Um, you know, I, I feel, and I was even told that, you know, this is kind of my call here as, as maybe in the communications side of things. But when you do uh, rescues and stuff like that are significant operations. Obviously, we don't want to jeopardize anything, but I would like to be able to report on what has happened when it's safe to do so, because that'll keep your organization in the spotlight. It'll keep the issue in the spotlight. And uh, I know I know Jesse would agree wholeheartedly to do this as well. So uh, would you be able to keep in contact with me on that in particular and even come back on once in a while to refresh everyone? Yeah, I would love that. Let's do another show and we'll stay in contact and maybe that show won't be going haywire with my technology. So my apologies <laughs> yeah. again. Um, I'm not, not quite sure. Uh, so maybe that's why it's doing that because we're supposed to come back together again. Uh, well, we're we're going to for sure, and uh, and I'm going to put in just a couple extra dollars for a router <laughs> <laughs> or or a microphone or something. <laughs> hey, listen, Cami, um, I don't care. Uh, it might be a little bit annoying with the noise, but it it you know this is so important, and and you're it, oh, Mike, I just had a revelation. I know what the noise is. I know what the noise is. I got to put on some transition music. The noise is you're an angel and you're actually transmitting from the ethereal. That is because you're an angel. That is why we're getting this interference. I agree. I dark agree with that. Halo, it's all like <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the mirror had a better halo effect, but just saying, but you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, Cammy, listen, thank you for being on Right On Radio. I'm going to do a, a, just a little bit of news with uh, with Madison. So thank you, and we'll be in touch, and I'll put the links in the description box below. And God bless the work you do. Thank you for having Madison. Thank you guys. Bye. Yes, love you. All right. Bye, Cammy. All right. And now... 
<laughs> and now, right on radio, can you do it right that I have that voice right on radio. I can't do it. <laughs> your voice is possibly better. <laughs> yeah, I'll do your intro from here on out, okay? <laughs> All right, let's give it a shot. Welcome to Right On Radio. <laughs> Use your natural voice. You're listening to Right On Radio with Madison Marquette right and Jeff Shepard. You're listening to Right On Radio with Madison Marquette and Jeff Shepard. That sounds perfect. That's even better. <laughs> All right. So I teased some stuff. I, I got to tell you how my, my night went. <laughs> just, just as I, yes. I'm not trying to buy some time. I'm going to get to it really quick. And it's not going to take long to get through this intel. Um, but so we have one of our, uh, you know, we've built this SOS army thing. And there's a lot of diggers in there. And I, I give the names out of some of the diggers who have really shined over the time. And there's a few who are really rising and in this case, there's a gentleman named Red Yota. Red, I like is it. A professional digger. My goodness, when I have, we talk on the phone probably a couple hours a week now, and uh, man, we go down rabbit holes. And this guy is on things and on things and on things. And uh, and and I'm gonna even say I got to give some credit to Sarah, who's kind of my my assistant, my right hand in this, and. Uh, Sarah actually went and pursued him and convinced him to come over to our show. That's awesome. Like, What's on a different show then? Like doing he the He's helped out on a couple shows and they were big shows. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we she really kind of it took months to get him over to us. And uh yeah. and we're so thankful for him. So I'll tell you what happened is uh he sent me this text. He goes, Oh, Jeff, I'm on to something big. I mean, really big. I'm oh, okay, okay. You know, but I'm still working. I'm posting the show and that from yesterday. And, and then my doorbell rings. Uh. So, okay. So I go downstairs and answer. The, this is this is what the other side of my wife's side of the family does. Okay. You have to. Oh, God. My, my, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law live in Guyana. How far is that from you? Uh, well, that's like Bra south of Brazil. Oh, or sorry, okay. north of Brazil. It's all, but it borders Brazil. So they literally like got on a plane to come see you. Or do you know they, they were coming? Surprise! Oh my god, that is hilarious. It, and oh, he didn't tell you? Oh my goodness, it's shocking! I opened the door, and I love them. I I really do. I love them. And my my sister in law in particular. We're, we we are considered the outlaws, right? We're kind of <laughs> rebellious personalities in in this family. But anyway, so, you know, we, well, I welcome them in. We can't wait, you know, uh, we're, we're talking and stuff. And as we're just after dinner, I see this text come in. Oh, Jeff, I think I found the dead man switch. Oh my God. And I'm sitting here with company who just came from Guyana. I can't go and look at all this material that he's sent. Oh, you're dying to, right? You're like really wanting to. I'm sure I would be well, like, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I, I was, I was. <laughs> Well, I did that. <laughs> and, and, and I'm looking on my phone, but my phone, I can't see it all, all that good. And it's going to take, it's, yeah. it's a huge dump of information that yeah. we got. And uh, what I'm going to give you is a, a couple big teasers, but I'm going to definitely give you something that's going to keep you busy over the weekend tonight because I can pretty much confirm this is at least part of the dead man switch. And I, I'm sure. John McAfee, we're talking about John McAfee, who was Epstein, right? Yep. Um, 
he's put this in multiple places, and I have a sense that this particular uh, YouTube site is just a teaser for what is coming. Uh, but it's a. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a when you just go to the page, and I'll give you the page right now. It's Rusty Shackleford. Search Rusty Shackleford. Shackleford being one word on YouTube, and you're going to see a whole bunch of movie clips. Like there's movie clips from Eyes Wide Shut, from Fast and Furious, from. You know, a lot of different movies. And then, of course, there's a lot of uh, video footage from uh, from an island, St. James or something like that. It's called Down the Caribbean, you know. Um, a lot of famous people went there. And what's really interesting about this uh, particular YouTube channel is when you start looking at the titles of the videos and how fast they're popping up right now, um, and, and the content of these clips, you know, most clips are about three minutes, but it's kind of painting a picture. You might say Madison. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I can't, I'm like, I can't wait to like hang up with you so I can go, <laughs> go look at it. Yeah. Um, and, and there's more to this. There's, a there's a couple parts we haven't figured out, but I'm going to tell you, there's one thing in particular, when you look through that list of videos there's a particular video that's going to premiere on, uh, let me just see, I wrote it down here, October 26th of this oh, wow. year. And that's and like a presidential op or something like that. Wow. And it almost looked like a, a picture of someone's back of the head that looks oddly familiar. See, and that's what we're talking about. I, I believe the White Hats now are in control of all of it. And you know, you said something that we'll have to talk about on another show. But we'll have to talk about the um, Fast and the Furious because Paul Walker did not like he. He's a good dude, and he died because he's a good dude. So the, the on the top row of the videos is basically Paul Walker White Hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I oh, yeah. no, 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 this, uh, and then you look at these stars and, and especially the freeze frame of the videos on who it's on, I think, and you read the titles and you can start to put together, we're pretty convinced and the information we're going to give out on Tuesday is going to be even more convincing because we're going to let you know what led us to this discovery. I love it. But on Tuesday, uh, let me just say, what if we could tie in, um, and by the way, this is, we're not, this isn't going to be secret information. I'm going to give you the links. I'm going to give you the places to go. I'm going to give you the legitimate businesses to look at. I'm going to, we're going to talk about Nazis. We're going to talk about aliens. Love it. We're going to talk about Antarctica. We're going to talk about um, timing. I love it. You're in not going to YouTube while you're going to get kicked off. <laughs> or no, I guess now you're on the White Hats in there, so you can't get kicked off YouTube, hopefully now. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but listen, um, we're even. We're going to be careful what we say, but we're just going to give you the links. And by the way, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read who these people are, who's in the organization. And I'm, here's a hint. 
this is a white hat operation that I'm going to be showing you. And I'm going to give you a date. Wow. Kind of like it's counting down to a date. And all of those subjects I just talked about tie in. It's going to blow your mind. I'm guessing it's the date that everyone's been asking about, right? I, I'm guessing. It's just a guess. It has to be. Well, I, I listen, I, I can't guarantee you I know what the date means. But <laughs> when we go through this information in, on Tuesday in context, I think you can make some reasonable assumptions. Yeah. All right. Um, can I give a clue on the date? Please. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to quote, well, 45, who I think we call 19 now. 19. I'm getting mixed up yeah. on the numbers, but he said sooner than you think. Yeah. Right. I love him. Did you see his uh, video too, where he said, does anyone know who Joey B is? Do you know? Did you see that one? It was that one. Yeah. Who's playing Joey B? He yes. said that in his speech. Yeah, hey. it was awesome. I'm like, oh my God, he literally just said that. I'm like, wake up, people. <laughs> well, and, and you certainly said that, and you probably said that under a threat of perjury. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't um, point to him in the courtroom. I right. did it on the videos. So I could have perjured myself. I did not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and by the way, even uh, I think I mentioned this on another show, but it's worth repeating, but I saw a clip of, uh, you know, Sean Hannity does this handover to Laura Ingram at night and uh, they have a little banter and Laura Ingram said, is that Joe? Because it's like, it only his mouth moves. Nothing else moves. Is that really Joe? Like <laughs> it's getting out there. It's getting out there. And then of course, if you go onto our telegram uh, channel, we just posted another video where, uh, where Joe was walking in front of the fake stream media and half of his head disappears because of the green screen effect. Right. It's so crazy. Or did you see the one where his nose is like falling off? Like, yes. <laughs> his nose is falling off. His hand's gone through a microphone like people, you know, well, our audience gets it. But, you know, you can't make this stuff up. I, I've got a clip I showed my wife yesterday. It's a it's a montage of, of Joey B before the election saying, you know, we're going to, we've created the greatest fraud system in the history of this country. And, right. and he says, we don't need to get your vote. It doesn't matter. As long as we have the person who counts the vote. He's saying this before the, right on people. It's, I people just don't, they don't want to like, I don't know if it's like they have a hard time. They don't want to admit that they got fooled or whatever. It's like, you know what? Honestly, I'm just sitting back here with my popcorn, like, this is this is the greatest show on earth at this point. I mean, we're literally like, I, I, it's just a great show. It really is. <laughs> time to be alive. And honestly, we've been narrating this, Madison. Yeah. You know, and and you're part of the narration team now too because you're out right. with injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you did you voodoo? Did you have a voodoo doll that threw me over, Jeff? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't play with dolls anymore. <laughs> I think it's like a, so Oh, that's going to come out so wrong. I've I know, I'm like not enough time. But I I said though, I think people are like Jesus would never push you off, but if Jesus wants to take you to take a break or save you for something that might happen, I think he would actually push me off a patio to break my ankle. Whether he did or not, 
we thank him for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's um, funny. It's a funny story now. <laughs> the, the lowest point in my life when I thank Jesus, it was like, oh my, and my life turned around immediately. So listen, everything happens for a reason. And if if there was, you know, sometimes we make things and things just happen in the physical too. Okay. We like yeah, that's yeah. what I said. If your car breaks down, it wasn't the devil coming after you necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Get off the pot. Things yeah, happen. Exactly. Yeah. The devil comes out like I feel like the devil does things like what he was doing today with the like the cami stuff. Like you don't want to hear people hear about because she's rescuing people from the devil. I think that's when the devil comes in. Other things, I'm like it's, sometimes it's just like life, you know. Get an oil change and maybe your car would have broke down, you know. <laughs> exactly, like you know. It, yeah. Listen, we're a spiritual show. We talk about this stuff all the time and, and yeah. we're believers it, it, and it's a, the spirit world is a real part of our life, but we also live in a physical world. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. And I would have been crying like a baby with that injury. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cry. Can you please tell everyone I did not cry? I didn't even no, cry. <laughs> honestly, for the audience, she carried on the conversation just like we are now. It was unbelievable. So what, that later that night, or was it the next morning? I saw this picture of her ankle ER. and foot the, the size of my thigh. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my goodness, how did she do this? It's all good now. Well, I'll do more interviews with you and Jess. And you know, thanks for letting me step in for Jess. I absolutely love and adore her, as everyone knows. Well, also. And thank you for bringing on Cami and and everything you've been doing for the show. Uh, and and I want to thank all the people who are supporting the show again. Like a guy like a uh, Red Yoda and Eve and uh, Mary Beth comes to mind and Sarah and Tiffany and you know there. Listen, there's a huge team behind this broadcast now, uh, mm -hmm. and all the people in the army. It's really growing a lot. Um, so it's actually very humbling. Um, and if you want to at least show any appreciation for them, never mind Madison and I or Jesse or anything like that, hit the like button on this yeah. video. It really does help. We're starting to get some favor with this. We want to get the information out and make sure you tell your friends and you're ready for Tuesday's show. It will most likely be Tuesday yeah. at 7 p.m. that you're going to catch the show and it's going to be incredible. And in case we disappear because of that show, uh, go to our Podbean thing eh, right there, right on radio at Podbean. Uh, we're still selling the course if you want to go. There's the links in the bottom. Use the freedom thing. Uh, it supports Jesse and I um, off the air. We try to give you something of value, but I really, I prefer if you're going to do any one thing today, uh, globalep.org is the place you got to go. Yeah. So Madison, what a blast having you today. Thank you. It's such, always a blast with you. And we're gonna we're gonna be doing this again real soon, and we're gonna get Claire back, and uh, we're gonna be a happy new family again. Yes, and note to Vlad or whatever his name was. So that's a negative. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So listen. In the meantime, remember: love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Right on radio. Right on radio.